Hey folks, it's us, podcasting wonderkins John Bishop and Lucas Southworth. Although this is a podcast about cars, it is not age-appropriate for the target demographic of these films, as we usually end up talking about the reproductive organs of Lightning McQueen. Alright, now let's take a look under the hood. everybody, and welcome to the Kachat. It's the only podcast brave enough to ask the question, hey, what's up with cars? I'm Lucas Southworth. And I'm apparently 43% not John Bishop. I have a guess of what that means, but why don't you go ahead and just tell us and avoid me guessing? Time for your, I don't know if this is fun or very not fun or not very fun fact of the day. Oh, right off the bat. We love it. All right. According to voanews.com. So to our 30 trillion human cells, we have on average about 39 trillion microbial cells. So that measures that we're only 43% human. Basically, microorganisms uh, are everywhere in, on, and around people. And because of that, due to various things, the amount of us that is actually human, the amount of our mass that is human is only about 43%. Horrible, but also kind of really neat. Yeah, I see what you were saying with the don't know which one of your little subcategories to put it in. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It's kind of horrifying. Yeah. Well, anyway, we're going to talk about that, but about cars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so basically when we were brainstorming this week, and when I mean brainstorming, I texted John the word ideas question mark, and he sent back disease parasites and i was like yeah those are similar enough let's just do a bunch of small stuff all of Mm -hmm. the really small microscopic stuff all right that's what we're doing this week fair enough (laughs) yeah okay so microorganisms yes uh one form that plays a major part in humans being able to survive is bacteria Mm -hmm. now here's another little factoid from nih.gov and that is that microorganisms make up only about 1% to 3% in a body mass, which is the opposite of the other thing. Just kidding, it's not the opposite. Uh, there's a difference between microorganisms and uh, microbes. Yeah. But uh, in this, it's talking about how in an adult, a 200-pound adult, there are 2 to 6 pounds of bacteria. Wow. And that bacteria plays a vital role in human health. And you may be asking how that is. And the answer is that uh, there's bacteria everywhere and in everything. And the bacteria that is a part of you is symbiotic. And what it does is it defends you by killing off other bacteria that tries to invade. Yeah, that's neat. Now, if you're a car, you don't weigh 200 pounds. Way more than that. All right. So a compact car, about 3,000 pounds. Yeah. So that is significantly more than two to six pounds of bacteria. Yeah, yeah. The poundage is very interesting. 
And I guess I guess we should start out. Oftentimes, I like to start out by, you know, proving just baseline, like the thing we're talking about exists in the cars first. So I guess I'll go ahead and do that. Just a moment. It's thirty to ninety. John did some math. Good job, John. <laughs> but with the wiki quote that got interrupted, but who cares of the day? Give me that interruption of the day. Oh, you know I'm gonna. And we're actually revisiting. I think this was probably a wiki quote back in the day. If not a wiki quote, then at the very least, it was something we talked about. And one of my favorite things we've discovered since starting this podcast, and we are going over to worldofcarsdrivein.fandom.com slash wiki slash D period O period N period or Don. Do you remember Don, John? I do not. You will soon, because he's the little Roombas from Planes, Fire, and Rescue. Okay, yep. Yep. Uh, (laughs) Just for a refresher, uh, there's a very specific sentence in this, obviously, for this, but I just love the Roombas bio, so I'm going to read that real quick. Originally designed for the military, (laughs) this housekeeper was adapted to clean floors using intelligent adaptive mapping technology known as Dawn Dirt and Odor Neutralizer. It hunts down bacteria, dust, and grime with extreme prejudice. (laughs) With a patented four-stage process, the housekeeper locates dirt, stalks it, tricks the dirt into thinking it can't see it, and then eliminates it without mercy. Okay. (laughs) And we've already gotten very, very much into the implications of this weird military dirt drone. So that's not what I want to talk It's just, it proves bacteria is a thing. <laughs> now, one interesting little comparison. Yeah. We've talked about how this is very cat-like behavior. And mm-hmm. uh, if you think about it, you compare it, that would make sense in the fact that uh, cats are very dangerous because of the bacteria they carry. Yeah. And if this is a cleaning device that hunts, stalks, and uh, viciously with great prejudice, murders bacteria, Yeah. then it's going to be bathing in the blood of that bacteria, which, of course, would be very unsafe for a baby. In case you're wondering, cats are very unsafe around babies. Do not have your cat touch your baby. Yeah, and just like, even if you get minorly bit or scratched by a cat, get some, like, you know, attention to that, because the bacteria can make really bad infections really easily. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to share this because I very much prefer dogs. I do like cats. I just prefer dogs a lot. Sure. Uh, If you get bit by a dog and you get bit by a person, you're more likely to get an infection from the person. Dogs got weirdly clean mouths, and I don't know the science behind that. (laughs) Sorry. But I do know that little factoid as well. Yeah. I think the reason it's true is specifically because humans have very dirty mouths. Like, weirdly dirty. Anyway, so these, at least bacteria exist in the Carsverse, and I think we can extrapolate from there. And even if we didn't have this evidence, like, we could be like, why wouldn't bacteria and germs and microbes exist? So, yeah, they exist. And one thing I want to establish real quick, I don't have much of a science background. John has a specific science background. Neither of us know the actual terminology we're going to be using microorganisms and microbes and tiny little things and things that probably have like specific distinctions 
pretty much interchangeably. Mm-hmm. But we just mean tiny living organisms. And there's a good chance we're going to use them specifically in the least correct way possible. Yeah, we don't know what we're talking about. So, sorry. All right. All right. So, uh, you're a car. You've got 30 to 90 pounds of bacteria. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that's all in the same spot? Well, I imagine a lot of it is like your gut. You know, your general just digestive tract a good amount is just in your digestive system yes yeah and like some in the mouth which is part of the digest digestive tract i guess so i imagine it's very concentrated in that Mm -hmm. but also they just have more surface area you know Mm -hmm. so and i imagine you know that bacteria doesn't stick to metal in the same way it does to flesh yeah we got to talk about this we already discussed many times, and pretty much we always come back to squishy bit. Yeah. Are the bacteria only involved in the squishy bit? That's very interesting. I mean, of course, there's going to be bacteria covering the surface of anything. Yeah. So a car is going to have its own car bacteria. But the organic mass is going to have the specific uh, bioorganisms we're talking about. Yeah, I, I think the way you put it of like, there's going to be bacteria like in the engine, just like there's incidental bacteria in your car's engine. But like, I don't think it affects it really. Mm -hmm. I mean, we may go back on that for specific reasons that I wanted to talk about this later. A certain doctor of internal combustion. Yeah. Doctor of internal combustion. And yeah, but (laughs) I think for now we can assume that like, it's concentrated in and mostly affects the squishy bit. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Uh, that seems like it would be true in this strange world in which there are uh, cyborg people who are choosing to be cars. But it makes me think. So when we've talked about the squishy bit, oftentimes what I think of is, and I'm going to have to forgive myself for thinking of this and saying it, uh, okay. basically just like a gross, squishy, wet, ball of gum just inside a car body oh yeah like every time i think of a squishy bit i think of a specific jpeg of a blobfish. Uh, all right <laughs> and i'm like that's as uh, just shoved into lightning mcqueen and isn't exactly that but like that's my mental picture that i have to go along with it yeah part of me thinks of like uh the monster from carrion uh, oh yeah that's good so just kind of that vibe we could also obviously we haven't seen this well you may have i don't know the movie monster trucks in which there's some alien monster living in a truck so there's that i knew about this movie as much as i did specifically because i had to watch a bunch of trailers and by watch a bunch of trailers i don't mean i had something to look them up on for my work I just had my phone and I would look up trailers because I had to figure out which trailers to add on to movies when I worked as a projectionist. Yeah. And then I stumble upon monster trucks and it was just so very baffling and troubling that this movie existed because quite frankly, I don't know who this movie is for because the people who like monster trucks the most are uh, a very specific form of adult and children. Yeah. And, uh, 
with the militarism in this movie, or at least in the trailers, I gotta say, I don't know which one they're aiming for, and it feels like they're aiming for both and missing both. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. It's It had sort of like a Herbie the love bug if Herbie had a, you know, alien monster living inside him, and that's how he did everything from the trailer vibe. And also was being hunted. <laughs> yeah. Well, he is hunted in some of them. Uh, True, but like it feels like it's more of a, a goofy detective looking for him rather yeah. than the U.S. military. Sure. We've got pretty off track, and that's my fault for bringing up the classic, I guess, monster trucks. Mm-hmm. Look out for that, Orange. I don't know. Episode 123. Whoa. Because <laughs> that's not far enough away. We yeah, might we actually need- have to do that one. Yeah, we need to do better ones before we do that one, but... Anyway, yeah, the car's got all kinds of stuff living in them. <laughs> all right, so typically in our world, yeah, the 170-pound uh, mass of bacteria, which if it's true that is like 60% actually bacteria is a person, then that would be maybe roughly 30 to 90 pounds, depending on how small the person is, of just bacteria inside of a car. So if we're considering it like just a humanoid mass inside of a car, yeah. then we would be the bacteria. Hmm. And compared Terrible. to the size of a car, we're pretty small, so we would be the microorganism. We wouldn't be a microorganism. We would be a smaller organism, certainly. A centa-organism. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that is something I wanted to get into, though. Everything's bigger it seems, in the Cars verse, do we think microorganisms are as micro? I gotta assume yes, because I'm pretty sure this is, in most of our estimations, a strange hellscape future world. Yeah. So it would be the same bacteria just evolved for several generations. See, but, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and get into why I was excited about this one. Everything's Cars, Every living thing we see is cars besides plants. Mm -hmm. And a lot of microorganisms are closer to plants than they are animals, but not all of them. Okay. So do we think that like (laughs) the bacteria is tiny cars or like gears or something? (laughs) Well, the closest analog I can think of is, of course, VW Beetles. Sure. Because us, bugs. a lot of the like things that I think of as a microorganism that exist on the body that I don't like to think about are like the mites that live in your eyebrows and eyelashes. And uh, those most closely resemble bugs. And yeah. they have examples of bugs. And those are, of course, bugs. The car. Yeah, they're cars. So at the, yeah, at the very least, like little skin mites. Mm hmm. Tiny little skin mites are probably some sort of car. Huh, which would at least make me feel better because, like, skin mites, you know, are mostly on the skin. Mm-hmm. So they would be on, like, the outer shell of the car. But, mm-hmm. like, at least if they're also cars, I could more see them, you know, successfully harvesting, eating the metal stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there's anything that exists in like a fluid, like bacteria in your stomach or your saliva. It's probably going to be a bunch of submarines. 
Yeah, I think <laughs> this is the exciting world I wanted to explore today. <laughs> Just very, very tiny, very, very tiny cars. <laughs> Not the tiniest of tiny, but still very small. Of course, submarines and cars <laughs> inside of you. Yeah, we've gone pretty tiny with that one episode we did on like toy cars and stuff. Mm -hmm. But now we're going even tinier, folks. <laughs> Which leads me to my line of questioning. Do bugs see microorganisms? Huh. That's interesting. And I'm talking about in both worlds. No, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, I would think still no. See, I'm imagining the scale is like an ant to me is the microorganism to the ant. That might be right, but like, obviously I don't know that that's the correct comparison. Maybe they can, but I think at a certain point that like vision just has a cutoff. Probably. There's like a resolution biological limit. Yeah, and may and like, I, I, I don't know this. I don't think like bacteria or mites can see really. Fair enough. So I don't think they could see each other. And listen, I'm saying some stuff I don't know, but I think that's how that works. No? Just, just stick up for yourself. Yeah. For sure, there is not a single uh, microorganism that's able to see ever. There we go. All right. Let's talk about it. Tardigrades. Yeah, I was literally about to Google. I couldn't remember their names. Water bears? Is that like the nickname for them? I think so. Maybe space bears? <laughs> oh, it's water bears. Man, these little suckers are weird looking. Uh, now, as we, we're both looking at images of them, Yeah, uh, they don't have any eyes. So, of course, we are correct. They can't see. <laughs> yeah, if, if tardigrades can't see, then nothing that small can see. Darn it. And we, our evidence is, of course, that tardigrades are the best. Yeah, and we're looking at, I don't know, I guess... Now this is an um, actual microscope, and I don't see no eyes on this sucker, so there you go. Now, in terms of tardigrades in the Carsverse, as I love to bring up, on the flag of California in Cars 1, there is just a bear. So you're you're <laughs> proposing that it's just a tardigrade? Yeah, tardigrades are just tardigrades, which fits for tardigrades pretty well. If you don't know what a tardigrade is and you're just like why do they keep saying these nonsense syllables they are famous for being like maybe the best at surviving anything ever they like, can survive in a vacuum yeah. which is crazy <laughs> people took them to the vacuum of space and they're like yeah we'll just go sleep for a while wake us up when we're back in a place with atmosphere and they did extreme cold extreme heat etc they're fine well actually that's interesting that you would bring that up. Extreme cold, absolutely. Heat, no. Oh, heat gets them? Okay, I didn't know that. They wilt under heat. About 100 degrees Fahrenheit, which is 37.8 degrees Celsius, can kill tardigrades in only a day. That's a shame, little mm -hmm. guys. Oh, they're also called uh, moss piglets, if you're curious. <laughs> yep, they, uh, they can be blasted with radiation. They can go into space and be fine. But you give them a sunny day in Hawaii and they gonna die. Why are we out here blasting these most survivable things in the world with radiation? <laughs> to like, see how survivable they are. Like, I know that Marvel Comics' understanding of radioactivity is not how it works. But I've been 
have had that in my mind for so long that I just get real antsy about blasting things with radiation or injecting them, etc. I don't want Hulk tardigrades. Well, that's specifically gamma radiation. Oh, my my mistake. Which is probably what they're blasting it with, if we're being honest, because it's one of the most like invasive kinds. There you go. Uh, so I clicked on an article on account of the title really irks me. It's adorable tardigrades have surprising fatal weakness. And what really gets me is that they call them adorable. I've. It's not the first time I've heard tardigrades described as cute. See, that's why it bothers me is because this is a common thing. People think these things are super cute. And maybe if common consensus is that they are cute, that means that they are cute. But looking at these things, I can't agree. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say, you can't think tardigrades are cute. I will say, I, I find tardigrades just sort of endearing, mostly because the survivability. And I'll say when I'm looking at these photos, there is something not unlike when I'm looking at like, a pug or a bulldog and it's like they're so ugly they're cute it's not quite there obviously because there's a bit more like i don't know general body horror with tardigrades <laughs> but I i'm close enough that i can see why the closest image i can get to being cute is this one that it seems to be inside climate news.org and it's a picture, and it's a very pink picture. It looks like it's an actual microscopic picture. Uh, and it's got this very gross, uh, fleshy tone to it. Looks like it's actual skin. And I'm not saying it's cute. I'm just saying, like, that's the cutest image I can find. And it's still very gross. That's fair enough. Like, like I said, I'm not there, but I'm close enough that I can see why people think they're cute. Also, I've seen like some little stuffed animals of them before where they've been made cuter in the, you know, stuffed animal process. So I get it. Mm. But fair enough. Anyway, all that to say, I think that their extreme survivability makes them the perfect candidate to have nothing changed about them in the move to the cars first. Okay. I will say, though, this is a good candidate for like a three car uh, train tiny little micro train okay oh well, i see what you're saying with its little yeah it's got not unlike a bug like what seem to be distinctive sections mm -hmm. so i can see that yeah it's very worm-like it's very interesting it reminds me a little bit of heimlich from bug's life the very large caterpillar mm. uh who becomes a beautiful butterfly at the end of course Anyway, we've been talking about tardigrades for a while, and quite frankly, I don't know that much about tardigrades. <laughs> now, is there a poster for a bug car story? It's one of the ones in the credits. Is Heimlich in those credits? I don't see Heimlich specifically, but a, it's still just a bug's life, if you're curious, because mm -hmm. they're all, you know. But I don't see Heimlich in it, which is a shame, because Heimlich's the best character in a bug's life. You want to talk about diseases? <laughs> All right. So how do diseases work? Well, it depends on the type of disease. If we're talking bacteria, if we're talking virus, if you think about viruses, viruses could also remain the same. And that is because we don't like when we look into what a virus is, it is a strange combination of alive and not alive. 
because it doesn't meet yeah. a lot of the classical definitions of being a living creature. And yet it seems to be completely biological and also meets other parts of it. It's very strange. And uh, it seems to exist just outside of our understanding. And uh, that could just very well be the same because quite frankly, they look very mechanical to begin with. Yeah. And like there is, you know, very much something in the world of called a computer virus. So I think it'd be very cool flavor wise if those are just combined into one thing. There is a physical manifestation of computer viruses that affects their biology and their mechanical bits. Mm. All right. They get some sort of weird viral infection everywhere. Yeah, in both. I, I think what we've been discussing is the redeeming quality is like, yeah, they'll the squishy bits will feel bad, but like that won't affect their mechanical performance. But I think a virus could be particularly bad for them, you know? Mm-hmm. And then we've got the idea of, all right, how do humans fight viruses? Of course, the bacteria uh, tries to be preventative. And whenever we get some sort of disease, we want our blood to have specific cells that will meet and defeat the invader. And uh, one way we... Yeah create defenses for that is to create vaccines, which are basically either a weakened form of the virus or Mm -hmm. something that is a fake version of the virus where it's just the part that is the connecting part. Like uh, the coronavirus is called the coronavirus because the attachment mechanism resembles a crown or corona and, uh, What they do for the vaccine of that is they try to replicate the corona rather than the uh, virus itself. So your body will respond by making something to fight specifically the attachment mechanism. And uh, is that is that what I've read about, like mRNA, like the new process that allowed us to make this vaccine so quickly? uh, It very well could be. Yeah. Either way, there is an incredibly new process. Uh, that has just been like making strides recently that has allowed us to fight this virus much sooner than we would have even like a year or two ago. So that's good. Interestingly enough, one of the other reasons that this one was made so quickly is because they started making a virus, uh, a vaccine for it before it became major news. They found out that there was a new SARS-CoV and they were like, well, we're going to try and kill that right now. And of course, they did not succeed, but they have succeeded in making a vaccine in record time. Get the vaccine. (laughs) If you can, get the Mm -hmm. vaccine. I understand it's not available everywhere yet, but if it is and you're not, you know, actively allergic to it, please get the vaccine. Yep. Yeah. Boy, anyway, four Uh, more days and I've got the second one. It's great. Hey, two more days for me. Nice. All right. There we go. So. You're that's you're you heard heard here first, folks. You're listening to a half vaccinated podcast. Actually, when you listen to this, I'm getting it on Monday. So on the 19th, when this comes out, I could have I'm either on my way or I've already gotten that second dose. So there we go. Happy birthday to me. You might be listening to a three fourths. Okay, you scared me. It's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. (laughs) It's like I didn't know I. I'm, I'm certain. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> uh, but so. I will say, 
when when you mentioned disease, I was like, oh yeah, we should talk more about that. But I think we've done an episode sort of about that, and we that's correct. We did one called Health and Wheelness. <laughs> Good pun on our part. Mm-hmm. Uh, way back in like the 30s, but I went back and listened. And all we talk about disease is. A, a good point of like, it would be much harder to transmit because they are more shielded, literally, Mm -hmm. by the metal bits around them. So I think we could get into that. But B, the other part is, if you're wondering, you just are like, okay, what would the plague be? And I came, I think I said it was the plague. Uh, The plague. We do that for a while. (laughs) Yeah. And that's all we say about diseases. So we've got room to cover. All right. Diseases. Okay, so <clears throat> we've also mentioned before, I don't know when this was, but it apparently wasn't in that episode, that it would also be much easier to transfer diseases, specifically like COVID-19, on account of they have just huge mouths. Giant mouths. So yeah, that would probably <laughs> contradict some of the benefits of like, oh, they don't have flesh hands, but they've got the opening the size of a small window mm-hmm. in, into their entire immune system. Yeah, I'm sure we've come to this conclusion before. Maybe a lot of diseases aren't nearly as potent, but anything that's just airborne is devastating. Yeah, it. and oh, we also did the, the quarantine episode. I bet that's when we were talking about this. Mm-hmm. But just to reiterate, man, how would they even do masks? Didn't they do it for Major? Yeah, they, they, they actually did. You're absolutely right. Uh, I thought of that the second I said it, but in Rescue Squad Mater, he's wearing a surgical mask. But yeah, I don't know. That doesn't make any gosh darn sense. And if we assume that the bacteria is much physically larger, but the porousness of that mask is the same as it is on our world, then it's going to be much easier to catch the bacteria. Yeah, but I would say the increased size, I would increase the porousness. If we're going to increase the size of the organisms, then I think we should increase the porousness, uh, just since it's so much larger. There would be larger microscopic holes in it. I don't know. I don't know, because like a lot of their manufacturing processes seem to be the exact same. Yeah, I guess if you made a giant novelty mask, it would be, it w- wouldn't get any worse at stopping things at least directly it might be easier to get around it yeah i don't know man what does what does car diseases look like what happens when a car gets sick all right so one thing that affects people a lot is that they're they're gonna have some sort of imbalance and they're gonna have a lot of fluids and discharge it's it's gross but we got to talk about it sure i'm gonna make myself talk about it okay so when you're sick Uh, your body wants to get rid of the sickness. One thing that is preventative and also able to try and help remove disease is things like uh, phlegm and snot. You will cough, you will hack up nasty globules that hopefully have a lot of destroyed dead disease in it, and you're going to have snot, which is supposed to protect you from invading uh, inhalations, and it'll like congeal around the disease, the things like dust and whatnot that are trying to get into your system that shouldn't be in your system. And basically, you're just going to ooze a lot of fluids. And that's just a part of it. Like one recommendation, if you're sick, just drink a lot of fluids because you're going to be sweating a lot. 
you're going to be just generally trying to get rid of the bad stuff. So it's good to keep hydrated because your body's going to be using that hydration to heal you. In a car, there are a lot of different fluids. Okay. I, I, okay. Yeah, I like where this is going. I guess one thing I was going to just off the top of my head, cars don't got noses, do they? Uh, generally speaking, no. But we do know that there is some sort of thing that is similar to a nose because Mater has that episode where he like puts on his old uh, lid. I don't know what that's called for some hood. Hood. Yeah, puts on his old hood, and all of a sudden he's very nasally. And then he sneezes. And then he sneezes back into yep. the canyon. And again, Mater, because it's always Mater. Why wouldn't it be Mater? The whole impetus of time travel Mater is he gets a clock on his on his engine, and then every time he sneezes, he goes back in time. Right. Mm-hmm. So we've definitely seen sneezes, and we've seen things that clearly represent nose or blockage of nose. Yeah. I'm... I'm wondering if they just sort of breathe through their mouths and then just around their hoods. Maybe like like uh, right at the base of their windshield is where that would be. I'm guessing it would be their air filter. Yeah, like their, in their engine. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's an air filter under the hood. I'm guessing that's basically their nose. Which is very good, because if there's an air filter, that means they're basically wearing half of a mask at all times. Yeah, that's not bad. Again, their mouth is massive, so don't know what you're going to do there. Maybe it's more like 25% of a mask, but... Yeah. Uh, All right, so I think they have noses, but they also have to uh, occasionally get part of their nose changed. Horrible. All right, uh, so fluids... Yeah, go ahead. Some fluids that a car's going to have that could represent uh, sickness is maybe they've got the leaky eyes. They've got their uh, windshield wiper fluid just yeah. kind of like thicker than normal, more bubbly because it's got less water, less like crystal clear, uh, whatever it is, and then more of the gunkiness. So I guess that would be soap, which is nice. Yeah, <laughs> love that. Uh, maybe they're going to have some weird like backfires on account of their fuel not being processed quite as effectively. And then there's the most human thing we've got, their coolant. If their coolant's not functioning quite well, then they're going to overheat. That makes sense. That's how disease do. Yeah, if if disease affects... And we've talked before about how we think that a lot of their fluid tanks have to be like part biological, part mechanical. Mm-hmm. Mostly because, I don't know, they're just out here drinking gas and oil. Mm-hmm. So I think that makes total sense that uh, disease would directly influence these systems that they have. Because mm-hmm. if they intake them all in the same place and they go to their tummy, then, I don't know, when they get transferred to their tanks, those have to have at least some biological purpose. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing oil is going to be a major place where they are fighting off disease. Yeah, oil oil feels like blood. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oil feels like blood. That's That just feels right. Yeah. But then again, if we're being honest, it seems like gas, oil, and uh, coolant all seem a little bit like blood. Yeah, there are definitely some shared bits. Mm-hmm. Gas, to me, is just general nutrition in my it's head. It's the nutrition, but... 
how does your body carry the nutrition yeah. through the blood? How does your body regulate temperature through blood? So it seems like they're all components of the vascular system in general. Yeah. And it's a car, so it doesn't need to, you know, work one to one how our body mm-hmm. works, I guess. They've just got three different bloods. That they drink. They're vampires. My God. They're all vampires. Hey, I, we, it's not the first time we've said that. If I'd have to guess, it's at least the third or fourth time we've said that for different reasons. All right. Now let's uh, talk about something that is going to be hard for me to figure out. Okay. They have muscles. They have something like muscles because yeah, they... they do have to exercise and they do have to loosen up when they're about to do a sporting event. When you're sick, your muscles, they get sore. They hurt. What's that going to be for a car? Okay. Like what is their musculature or like what is sore muscles? Both, but okay. more the uh, more the latter. Okay. Sore muscles, I think, is just, I think that one's easy enough if we don't worry too much about what their muscles are of just like "Eh, i got aches and pains around important moving parts yeah like this isn't going to be anything really but when you're in a car that's kind of old you'll hear it like settling and cooling and heating and the metal will just like a little bit and it'll just like settle do like some squeaks here and there i think basically that's what it's gonna seem like that's the general feel of sore muscles in my mind. Yeah, I think that that works well enough for me. And just like, I imagine it a lot concentrated around like their axles and uh, just their general like, you know, wheel systems. Definitely their brakes. Yeah. Ooh, if it's been def- raining, your, your brakes are going to make this awful rusty sound. And I feel like that's what it's going to be. It's just like there's some sort of weird rust over a lot of their metal bits that needs to be scraped off or worked out. Yeah, yeah, I think that works. And we've talked about how uh, like dying parts of the body are very much like rust on account of, it seems like people who are extremely rusty are uh, people suffering from leprosy. So I would guess that there's a comparable thing where just decaying is in some way just rusting. And if you're sick, you're decaying a little bit and things are dying a little bit. So that makes sense to me. No, yeah, and th- that in a weird enough way works with them b- them affecting the fluids, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, getting them into the wrong places. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, I think that works. Now, okay. one thing I want to get into, and I know that the movie Osmosis Jones is a bit of a sore point for you. <laughs> it may be one of the reasons that I'm deathly afraid of saliva. I'm not deathly afraid. I'm just normal uh more than reasonable afraid of saliva yeah it's not good but in movies like that that's like the big example in my mind but there are lots of like in the magic school bus oftentimes or things where they go inside a body oftentimes they'll represent fighting diseases with like i don't know cool organisms firing laser beams and stuff at each other Mm -hmm. i think that could be kind of factual here. Maybe not lasers, but like if they're submarines and cars and tanks that are both like on your side in your body and bad ones trying to hurt your body, 
I think they would straight up shoot missiles and guns at each other. I see no reason as to why they can't be lasers. Yeah, I guess in my head, we don't see... I mean, we see when he becomes the magical lightning god in one of Mater's Tall Tales, he has lasers. And also when he becomes a movie star in a dream sequence, he has some lasers. And this is a world that we're assuming is in the far future. A a point in which we will have discovered and created nanobots that will invade and fix anything we need it to. And I'm guessing that's basically going to be the immune system for these cars. That's fair enough. And nanobots having lasers is just cool. And you know what? Isn't that enough sometimes? (laughs) For you people? Oh boy. I'm trying to think. In my head, I mentioned the lightning storm sequence. And I want to see, because the things he fights in them kind of remind me of like giant viruses. They may just be more like War of the Worlds general. Like giant walking things. Yeah, these don't look unlike viruses. Oh, those are just viruses that are spark plugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they're like spark plugs on, uh, you know, like triple walkers. Similar. It It's War of the Worlds is what it's referencing. Yeah. But they look a little like viruses. Yeah, they are very much viruses. Oh, that's great. Okay, yeah. so... His dream is that he, through an action-packed series of events, is, I'm guessing, destroying disease throughout the world. And if that's what viruses look like, and they have these, like, the ability to generate that current uh, and, like, do that, I think that works perfectly for what we were talking, or what I brought up of maybe they also affect their mechanical and, like, computer systems. They, Mm -hmm. I don't know use their little spark plug bits to put in some bad lines of code and then use their also use their spark plug bits to come and like shock their kidneys or whatever. And the cars don't like that neither. A little bit of spark in your kidney. It's going to ruin your day. You know, if I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times. Okay. So his dream is to become an action packed doctor. That's yeah, neat. Good, good for him. And Okay. One last thing on disease, probably not one last thing. It's half of the episode, so we may need to talk about it more. But Hmm. this is also something we brought up in that episode I went back and listened to. And man, it's weird knowing what we've said in the past, you know? (laughs) But we also, uh, as we always do, brought up uh, Dwight Fleisenhauer. We didn't call him by name, but the fact that Mm -hmm. there are giant, giant beings in this world, like we like to talk about. And... What, what we went with is like, if they need to do surgery, they'll send in just a team of forklifts down the down the gullet. Good for us. That was a good point. Mm-hmm. But We talked about that recently, too. Yeah. But in terms of disease, do we think that germs for them are bigger or they just need a lot more to affect them? Uh, well, I want you to expound on that while I do some dumb math calculations. Okay. Because, and I could be misremembering this a bit, but specifically with, I want to say like smallpox or the plague or something, it came over from cows. It was a disease cows had that made the jump into humans. And that's one of the reasons 
it was so deadly uh, is because most of the time diseases don't actually want to kill us because then they kill the host and then they they themselves can't go on. They just want to affect us enough to spread the disease further. But this disease that came over from cows, I really want to say it was smallpox, was used to affecting cows that much and just giving them like a light fever and a runny nose. But when it did that to humans, it just killed them very, very easily and badly. Uh, Just because the difference in organisms and just, I guess, how much more mass cows have than us is what I'm getting to. So I guess the two things I'm thinking are, A, if it is like we share diseases with them, like it would be nothing to them unless it got really, really bad and it really, really multiplied within them. Or B, if we don't share diseases with them, then if somehow one of their diseases ever came to to the cars, then it would wipe out the population. Absolutely. Uh, Here is a little bit of information. Uh, The two to six pounds in a 200 pound uh, car. Oh boy. Shoot. Got to do some more math. Uh, Two pounds would mean that the amount of bacteria uh, in an aircraft carrier would be 7,300,000 pounds. Wow, that's a lot. (laughs) Or if it's six pounds, it would be 21,900,000 pounds worth of just bacteria. That's, that's, I mean, I've said it once, I'll say it again, that's a lot. (laughs) That is so much bacteria. And we've talked about how in the Dwight D. Fleisenhower, there are people just operating within him, on top of and within him. And it really honestly seems kind of like they are the bug version of a, a small organism on the body, which makes me think that they have to constantly be trying to figure out if they need to clean for ants because that's the bacteria. Whew. That sucks. And I was going to say, like, you know, we always assume that the bigger the, like, outside hole, the bigger the squishy bit. And I was going to maybe go against that for a second. But, I don't know, we see Dwight's big, big mouth. His eyes are massive. And we see his big eyes, like, a considerable distance away from that. Mm -hmm. Like, I was going to maybe say that maybe it's just, he's got his squishy bit. And his eyes are very big. So he's a little bit bigger, and but he just lives up in the hole or the, the captain's quarters or whatever it's called in a aircraft carrier. Obviously, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and then you think about the fact that his eyes, if they are just, if just his eyes are the squishy bit or just his tongue, one of those two, then he is so much larger than just any car. Yeah, and I, I just don't think we can justify that, seeing as there's both, and there's like, I don't know, a hundred feet between them, <laughs> probably mm-hmm. more. I don't know how big those things are. There has to be some connective biological bit in between those. If we're talking size and scale, if the bacteria is larger when compared to that body, or like if it is equally as large by percentage of body 
then that would mean like essentially if there was a comparably sized human and the average person was the size of a compact car, that the bacteria would basically be the size of like an ant to me. Yeah. I so think... like the virus would be a, a horde of ants just trying to get inside of and destroy me. But like you said, not trying to destroy me. Yeah, yeah. I think, again, in my head, it makes sense that instead of that scaling up specifically for them, there's just more of it. Mm -hmm. That would make a lot more sense. It is more fun. (laughs) It's a lot more fun to imagine. Just, you know, viruses the size of ants. It's not actually more fun. It's actually kind of terrifying. It, it's more, it's better for the podcast. <laughs> it's it's easier to talk about. Oh boy. Okay, oh. so even if it's just the other way around and he's got that much more millions of pounds of bacteria, that means when he gets sick, he's got like a million pounds of bacteria or viral uh, virus just in him. And uh, if he sneezes, there is no way... Every single being within a mile in front of him doesn't get sick. Yeah, but that also, like, at least if, like, a car spreads its disease to good old Dwight Fleisenhauer, he, that to me is like, when you get a virus, it's like a small band, it's like a small little militia, right? Mm -hmm. And when it goes into a person, it's against, like, a larger militia, but can sneak around. Mm-hmm. When it goes into Dwight Fleisenhauer, it's like a like a tiny 10, 15 person militia against the entire might of the U.S. military <laughs> with all that good bacteria and white blood cells, whatever the equivalent and or just, you know, actual white blood cells. It almost certainly has to be much harder to get him sick, but I do not want to see the day where he gets sick. Yeah, especially he's got people living on and in him. If he ever gets sick, everyone on and in him is getting sick and yeah. they're going to die from it. Yeah, it's not it's not good. Their best chance is as soon as they get sick to get as far away from him as possible and receive as much treatment as possible. Which at least for the the jets would be easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for the you know forklifts and whatnot, that's gonna be significantly harder. <laughs> good old Dwight D. Fleisenhauer sneezes and the jets immediately take off and then several miles away dive into the water to try and wash themselves off because they haven't been breathing the whole time. It's not good. You don't want... Don't get Dwight sick. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's in the Constitution. That's an amendment. Mm-hmm. It, it had <laughs> to be because world. someone got Dwight sick once and we lost a third of the Navy. Trying to make this comparable. Imagine a mid-sized business building. Done is a person in our world like a person that big now imagine him sneezing it's not good it's bad as a matter of fact i feel like if a building sized person were to sneeze it would probably destroy another building at least small buildings i don't know i feel like if we had something that was that large the amount of force generated by its sneeze would be enough to destroy anything its size because Things at large can't take that much force coming from something like that because the bigger something is, 
well, the harder it falls, but also the more easily it will fall because it's hard to build something big without it wanting to come down. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's, I know all I keep saying is it's bad, but that's kind of all I'm thinking is it's bad. You mm-hmm. wanted to talk about parasites. All right. So, uh, there are these people and they live in Paris and, uh, I don't know. Are they Parisians or are they parasites? I think they're probably Parisians is the term I've heard. That's a good joke. I like it. <laughs> uh, there's there's a punchline to like a like a very like dad joke in there somewhere, but I'm well, not going to get there. Uh, give me three months and I'll be there. there you I'll go. figure it out. I'll get the magic. So what are the symptoms of disease and what kind of parasites do we want to talk about? One thing that's very, very upsetting to me is uh, uh, they're tapeworms. Yeah. Yeah. So what's a tapeworm? Is it a train? Is it a small little train that gets inside of you and eats all the food you eat? I didn't have an answer until you said that. And that's my answer now. Honestly, like not in a I don't feel like coming up with one. Like, quite honestly, I do sometimes. (laughs) But in a no, you got it. It's that. Okay, so there's a small little train inside of you, and you have ingested it intentionally to lose weight. And if it doesn't kill you, it will help you lose a lot of weight. Not the weight you are wanting to lose. It's going to take all of your nutrition. Uh, Where does it... How's it... Lucas, how does it come out? Every time we talk about cars pooping, I say, makes sense. They've got an exhaust port. Exhaust is already pretty much farts. So if they've got a poop and we think they do, then it's going to come out of the exhaust port. And you say some crazy nonsense, and I hate it. So I've said my part. <laughs> All right, I'm going to say the reason why it can't be the exhaust. Okay. And that is because a tapeworm can become significantly larger in your stomach because it has room to grow and it's feeding off of you. A tank that holds gasoline it's going to be able to grow so large that it will not fit out of the exhaust. I mean, uh, this is already a horrible discussion. I imagine that happens, you know, with people. I don't know how tapeworms work. I imagine sometimes they get so big that they need surgery or something to get out. Well, the benefit of uh, being biological beings is that we don't have to worry about the mechanical bit because everything we have tends to be able to flex and to stretch. So if you need to take it out, typically, I don't think I've seen one where it was too girthy to be taken out. I think that in a car, it would easily become too girthy to take out, unless you have to go through the mouth. Yeah, I was gonna say, going through the mouth might be the might be the ticket. All right. So in this situation, we're going through the mouth. That's that's terrible. That's yeah. so bad. I mean, you know, the xenomorph, it's going to be like that. Yeah. You're going to just be spitting out your, your weird tongue. That is also a train. (laughs) Yeah. It's not good. And I mean, we've already established Mater as a practicing medicinal person. And we've already mentioned him tearing things out of people. Yeah. Last episode when we talked about dentistry. So maybe imagine... he just tells you, hey, swallow my hook. 
So you have to swallow his hook, and then he just starts yanking around, basically fishing, tearing up your insides. And when he gets it out, he can just, like, his eyes will glow and your insides will be fine and you won't remember it happened. But it will have happened to you. And you have lost weight, and you're lucky to be alive. Yeah. Or you've just accidentally, like, non-intentionally gotten a tapeworm. That can happen. That can happen. Yeah. I only talk about the intentional because I know there was a case where someone did want to lose weight so they did that and nearly killed themselves no yeah it's it's a it's a thing that people have done but it can also obviously happen the other way yeah this isn't exactly a microorganism but i don't know we're talking about parasites at this point yeah what about like ticks all right so here's the upsetting thing i keep thinking microorganisms you say they might be like uh cars just tiny cars and I kept wanting to say, I think they're just also Roombas. I could see them being Roombas. And, I feel and, like that's what a tick would be, is like a Roomba, and it latches onto you, and its little vacuum bit also has something that punctures you. Yeah, and I, I will say, when I was saying that they're all cars, I meant like they're all mechanized beings in some mm-hmm. form or fashion. Uh, I do enjoy <laughs> germs being tiny submarines, because then we got like the game battleship in your stomach when you're sick uh but no i think tiny roombas works for them yeah it works really well for them actually and i mean the tick's ultimate goal is to get somewhere you won't notice it or somewhere very warm they try to get to your crotch which mm. sucks i did not know that yeah like a tick will and this whole episode's been bad Sorry to listen to, but that is a thing about ticks. If you think that if you've been in a place with like very tall grass or like a big hike, you should check. But the point is they would try to get to the car's undercarriage. Oh boy. And then you have to have your friend remove them. And it's just, that's, that's just so uncomfortable. They have to flip you over. It also just would be easier for them to get to them sweet, sweet fluids in the undercarriage, I imagine. Absolutely. Yeah, this... Sorry that a large portion of this episode was not fun to listen to, probably. Yep. And also, (laughs) uh, ticks can give you, like, Lyme disease and ringworm. I'm more curious about ringworm right now. What's that going to look like on a car? Is it like a, a little circle of rust that's expanding? Yeah, I like it being rust because... I don't know, them just pushing out on the metal seems a little not, you know, seems a little not. Just the surface deforming permanently? Yeah. Oh, boy. Ouchie, mama. But as Lucas has said several times now, yeah, very sorry about this episode. (laughs) I think it was an important one to have. We needed to have it at some point. But, yeah, you chose to listen to us, suckers. Anyway, uh... uh, (laughs) Thank you for doing that. This is the end of the episode now. All right. All right. But yeah, seriously, thank you for listening to our dumb little podcast. Uh, We really do appreciate that. Uh, And if you want to give us something to talk about that isn't, you know, body horror related, it's kind of difficult no matter what subject you give us. But if you want to give us one to try, we'll, we'll give it a shot. We'll give it a good old college try can do so at our twitter which is at the kachat you can also just follow us there for general updates i guess 
uh, or you can email it to us uh, at our email, which is thecachat at gmail.com. Neither of those have the hyphen in there, all one word. And now it's time for John's part of the outro. Thank you for listening. Remember to like, comment, subscribe, tell anyone and everyone that you think might be the least bit interested in listening to this kooky little podcast. And I guess ring the bell if that's a thing. Uh, we do have a YouTube, but like, I don't think anyone's on there. Uh, if you are, I apologize for having said that. You gotta understand why we think that as a podcast. I imagine we post it on YouTube in case people want to listen to it on YouTube, but imagine most people are on podcatchers. Yeah. And speaking of, if you are on one of those podcatchers, if you could leave us a review on there, a rating or a review, that helps us out a lot, and we would appreciate it. Anyway, that's the end of the episode. Uh, until next time, don't forget to float like a Cadillac. And sting like a beamer.